Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you today about Christian atheism. You say, well, how can you put those two words together? Because isn't it an atheist, someone that doesn't believe that God exists? Well, when we talk about a Christian atheist, I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't believe that God doesn't exist. I'm talking about somebody who lives like God doesn't exist. That's what I mean by a Christian atheist. And how many of you know that when we're in the middle of a pandemic like we're in right now, in the middle of a crisis like we're facing in our nation right now, if we're not careful that as believers, we can live like God doesn't even exist. We, we, can, we can be so overcome by fear, and we can be so overcome by worry, as if God just doesn't even exist. James gives us some insight here in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. He gives us some insight. He kind of gives us a picture as to what Christian atheism looks like. Look at what he says. He said, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city. We'll spend a year there. We'll carry on business and we'll make money. Then he says this. He said, why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Well, what is your life? He says, he says, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And then he goes on to verse 15 and he says, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And then he goes to verse 16 and says, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes and all such boasting is evil. Now, now just in case you don't know who James is, let me just make you a little familiar with him. James is the half brother of Jesus. They have the same mother, but they don't have the same father. James's father was Joseph. Jesus's father was the Holy Spirit. So they had the same mother, but they didn't have the same father. They are half brothers. Now, somebody that grew up with Jesus, I want to hear what they have to say. Now, James believed that his brother Jesus was the Messiah. I don't think that I could ever convince my brother that I am the Messiah. No, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter how perfect of a life I may try to live, I'll never convince my brother of that. And I'm not even trying to convince my brother that I am the Messiah. But James was convinced. And what convinced him was when he saw his brother resurrected from the dead. That thoroughly convinced him. So so somebody like James, the brother of Jesus, who grew up with Jesus, who saw things that maybe only a brother could see and hear things that maybe only a brother could hear, I want to know what he has to say. And I want to hear what he has to say. And so it's James, the the, the half-brother of Jesus, that's writing this book. And he's writing to Jewish believers. Now, just because he's writing specifically here to Jewish believers doesn't mean that it's not for us Gentile believers. Because really, every book in the Bible is not written by a human author. It's written by the Holy Spirit. 
And every book in the Bible is for all believers in all generations. But what I want you to remember throughout this message this morning is the fact that James is not writing to unbelievers because we, we kind of expect unbelievers to live like what we're going to see today, but you don't expect believers to live like this. And, and, and so James, in James chapter 4, shows us what Christian atheism looks like. What it looks like to live like God doesn't exist. Now notice what he said. Let's go back to verse 13. And in verse 13, he says, now listen, you who say. You see, not only is this the mindset of these believers, it's also the confession of these believers. They, they are speaking this in conversation with one another. And he says, now listen to me, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go. Now notice, they are making plans to take a trip. Today or tomorrow, we will go. But not only are they making plans to take a trip, they're also making plans to take a trip to a specific destination, to this or that city. But they're not done with their plans. They don't just plan to today or tomorrow to go to this or that city, but they also plan to spend a certain amount of time there. We will spend a year there. They're not done planning yet. Not only are they going today or tomorrow on a trip to this or that city to spend a year there, but they also plan to carry on business. They have a plan of action that they're going to work out while they're in this certain city. And then finally, the plan says that as a result of their business, they plan to make money. You say, well, pastor, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that passage of scripture? Well, first of all, let me tell you this. The scripture is not saying here that it's wrong to plan. We should all be planners. We should do our very best to plan the very best that we can. Nothing wrong with planning. Neither is he saying that there's anything wrong with working hard or hustling. I believe that Christians, that believers, should be the hardest workers of anybody on the earth. I believe that we should be the first to show up and the last to leave. That we get there early and we stay late. That employers say, well, you know what? I'm not a believer myself, but I hire believers because they come in early, they stay late, they work hard, they give it their best. That's what I think we as Christians should be known for, that we are planners, we are hard workers. You say, well, then what's wrong then with this passage of Scripture? Well, look at what he says in verse 13 again. He says, today or tomorrow, we will. Look at this now. We will go to this or that city. We will spend a year there. We will carry on business. We will make money. They're living like God doesn't exist because they're not even including God in their planning. They're not including God in how to live their lives. 
What they are doing is they are depending on their own wisdom, their own skills, their own gifts, their own abilities to help them fulfill a plan that they have put together without consulting God. How many of you know that if we're not careful this morning as believers, we can do the same thing. We can leave God out of our planning. Because we think we're so wise and we think we have such skills and we think we have so much ability and we have so many gifts that we can make a plan and we can fulfill this plan even without God's hands because, or even without God being involved in our plans because of who we are and what we possess. That's Christian atheism. That's when we begin to plan and we begin to live like God doesn't exist. And what this group of people, this group of believers are doing is that they have a mindset and they have a confession that does not reveal truth. They do not have a right understanding or a right view about life, nor do they have a right view about God. And it's important, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, that when you and I are making plans, that we have a right view of life and that we have a right view of God. And James gives us that here in this passage of Scripture. First of all, he talks to us about the right view of life. And here's what he says about life. He says, why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. How many of you know that life is uncertain? Life is filled with uncertainties. None of us don't even know. We may think we know. We may plan as if we know. But none of us know what is going to happen tomorrow. There's only one who is certain of what's going to happen tomorrow, and that's God. But life is uncertain. Who would have ever thought at the beginning of 2020 that we would find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic today? Who would have thought that at the beginning of 2020 that we would find ourselves in the midst of racial conflict in our nation? Who would have ever thought that we would get to this point in our year, that we would start 2020 thinking that our economy would experience the, 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 the kind of upheaval that has experienced as a result of the crises that we're in? Who would have ever thought that at the beginning of 2020, that some of the people that we love most and are dear, dear to us and close to us, that, that they wouldn't even be here with us any longer? Life is so uncertain. I heard a story this past week about the three original founders of Apple computers, the the, the Apple company, which is what, like a trillion dollar business. One of the top two or three companies in America. And, And the original founders, everybody knows who Steve Jobs is, right? And everybody knows who Steve Wozniak is. But there was a third person who was a part of the beginning of Apple computers. And his name was Ronald Wayne. Never heard of him, have you? Let me tell you why you've never heard of Ronald Wayne. Because early on, Ronald Wayne felt like, well, this company is not going anywhere. This company is is destined to fail. And I'm going to get out while I can. And his other two partners, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, bought him out, his 10% share, bought him out, get this, for $800. Yeah. 
That $800 today would be worth $150 billion. Life is uncertain. You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. When they interviewed Ronald Wayne, he said to them, he said, well, you know, if I had it to do all over again, I wouldn't do anything different. Hogwash. (laughs) That's a lie. And if that's the case, you're stupid. A hundred and fifty billion dollars. Life is so uncertain. We don't know even what's going to happen tomorrow. But not only that, look at something else that he tells us here about life. He says that, he says, what is your life? And then he answers that question for us. He said, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That ought to humble you just a little bit. You are, you are a mist. This, this is what he's saying, that your life, it's a mist. It appears for a little while, and then it's gone. So so not only is life uncertain, but life is short. Even if you live to be 100, 110, 120 years old, life is short in comparison to eternity. And so I believe what James is saying to us is this. He's saying that because life is short and because you're uncertain about what's going to happen tomorrow, then whatever needs to be done and whatever needs to be said, you need to make sure you say it and you take care of it today. You've heard it said that yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. Because it's a present. It's a gift that God gives to us. And let me ask you this. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. What are you doing with today? I want to make sure that I don't waste my today worried about my yesterday. I, don't, I want to make sure that I don't waste my today concerned over my tomorrow. I want to take, that's why Jesus in the Lord's Prayer said, give us this day our daily bread. I know, I know that we measure our lives in years. And every time we have a birthday, we celebrate another year that we've lived. But the Bible doesn't celebrate years. The Bible celebrates days. That every day should be a gift. Every day should be important to us. Job understood that. And in Job 7 and 6, listen to what he said. He said, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Did you know that if you live to be 100 years old, that you've only got 36,500 days on this earth? More than likely, most of us in this building today, let's just be real, are not going to live to be 100. We'll be blessed if we live to be 80. And if you live to be 80, you've got 29,000 plus days that you'll have here on this earth. I got to thinking about this last night. I thought, man, I'm 58. I've already lived 21,000 of my days. If I live to be 80, I've only got about 8,000 more days to go. And I don't want to waste those days. I don't want to waste a day planning for something that may never happen. Not that it's wrong to plan. Yes, we should plan. Absolutely, we should plan. But when we plan, we should always plan 
with consulting of God. Not just making our plans independently of him, but including God in our plans. I got to thinking, man, I've only got about 8,000 or more days left here on this earth. And I don't want to waste those days. I want to invest those days. I don't want to put off till tomorrow what God says I need to take care of today. I don't want to put off tomorrow to what God says I need to say and speak to somebody today. Take advantage of the gift that you have today and make the most of every day of your life. Live your life not like he doesn't exist. Live your life like he does exist. Live your life like this could be the last day of your life. And so he says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Job goes on to say in verse 9, as a cloud vanishes and is gone, so one who goes down to the grave does not return. He said in chapter 8, verse 9, for we were born only yesterday. How many of you feel that way sometimes about your kids? It seemed like you were just born yesterday. Your grandkids seemed like you were just born yesterday because time flies so quickly. He said, for we were born only yesterday and know nothing. And our days on earth are but a shadow. He said in Job 9, 25, my days are swifter than a runner. They fly away without a glimpse of joy. He said in 926, they skim past my days do. He said they skim past like boats of papyrus, a boat that is in full sail, like eagles swooping down on their prey. In Job chapter 14 verses 1 and 2, he said mortals born of a woman are a few days and full of trouble. They spring up like flowers and wither away. Like fleeting shadows they do not endure. Listen to me ladies and gentlemen, life is uncertain and life is short and when making our plans we need a real view of life that's why the psalmist said this in psalm 90 and 12 lord teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom <clears throat> because when you understand how few your days here on this earth are then you want to make sure that you're being wise in what you do with those days that God's given you. Because if we could only understand how uncertain and short life is, I think it would give us a little bit more wisdom as to how we are going to spend those days that God's given us. But not only is it important that we as believers have a real view of life, that it's uncertain and that it's short, but we also need to have a real view and a right view of God. And, and James gives us that. Listen to what he says here. He says, instead of you going around saying, well, we today or tomorrow are going to go to this or that city and, and, and we are going to spend a year there and we're going to do business and we're going to make money. He said, instead, what you need to say, what your mindset and what your confession needs to be is that if it is the Lord's will. If it is the Lord's will, then today or tomorrow, we will go to that city. And if it is the Lord's will, we'll spend a year there. And if it is the Lord's will, we'll do business. And if it is the Lord's will, we'll make money. How many times have we made plans without consulting God and then get mad when our plans never materialize. 
Listen, if the plan that you made independent of God has not materialized, then don't get angry at God. Don't get mad at God. Because listen to what he says here in this passage of Scripture. He said, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, look at this, we will live. You do understand that our lives are in the hands of God. Our days are in the hands of God. The day that we were born was determined by God, and the day that we die will be determined by God. God is the one who governs the length of our lives. God is the one who is in control of our birth and of our death. And so we ought to say, if it's God's will, I will live. Because life is uncertain. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if today is our last day or not. Only God knows that. And so he says we should instead say, if it is God's will, we will live. But not only that, he said also, if it is God's will, then we will do this or that. Because not only is God in control of our lives when we're born and when we die, but God is also in control of our successes and our accomplishments. I know we think it's our wisdom. I know that we think it's our gifts, our talents, our skills, and our abilities that helps us accomplish things and that we're successful. And yes, God can use those things. But without those things and without the help of God, you can't accomplish anything. You can't be successful at anything. But Paul reminds us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Somebody just give the Lord a good praise right there. Amen. So instead of saying we are today or tomorrow going to go to this city and we are going to spend a year there and we are going to do some business and we're going to make some money. He said instead your mindset and your confession should be if the Lord wills, then we'll live. If the Lord wills, then I'll see tomorrow. But if he doesn't, then I won't see tomorrow. If the Lord wills, then yes, I'll go to such and such place and I'll accomplish this and I'll have success. But if it's not the Lord's will, then I won't. And then, and then Paul, he he tells us himself how this view of life affected the way that he lived and did ministry. Because in, in Acts chapter 18, verse 21, here's what Paul says to the church at Ephesus because he had been teaching them and he was about to leave and they wanted him to stay. And he said, I've got to go right now, but I will come to you very soon if the Lord is willing. And then he said to the Corinthian church, he said that I will come to you very soon if the Lord is willing. So to the church at Ephesus, he promised, I will come back if it's God's will. And then to the church at Corinth, I'll come back soon if the Lord is willing. Because you see, Paul knew this could be my last day on this earth. Every day that Paul got up, he didn't know if this was going to be his last day or not. And he understood that God was in control of that. And he understood that whether he got back, whether he was successful, whether he accomplished what was in his heart to do or not was completely up to God. That's how we as believers are to live our lives. Not like God doesn't exist, 
but that he exists and that he's in control. That he exists and he is at the center of it all. That every decision I make, every plan that I try to put together, I do it prayerfully if it is the will of God. If it is the will of God. And then James gets to the root of what the real issue is. And some aren't going to like this. But James says, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. Do you know how arrogant it is as a believer to leave God out of your plans? To say, we will today or tomorrow go to this or that city. We We'll spend a year there. We will do business. We will make money. And we've got such wisdom, talents, gifts, abilities, skills that we don't even need God. So we're not even going to talk to God about this. We're not even going to go there because we got what it takes. We are self-sufficient. But not only are you self-sufficient, you're self-centered and self-assured and it's living life like God doesn't even exist and, and, and James says to them he says that's arrogance that's arrogance at its worst and he says, he says you boast in your arrogant schemes but then he says this all such boasting is evil and listen he's talking to believers here and listen to me church Anytime we make plans about our lives that doesn't include God, it's arrogance. And to talk about it like they were talking about is boasting and that is evil. And so he ends this passage by saying this, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. In other words, James is saying, you know what? Before you may not have known that you're arrogant scheming, you're leaving God out of your plans as believers, you're living like God doesn't exist. You may not have known before that that was evil, but you know it now. And so now, if you know to do good, that is, you you live like God exists, you include God in your planning, you pray if it is your will, He said, now that you know that's the right and the good thing to do, you better do it because if you don't, it's sin. And let's face it, (laughs) some of us this morning have sinned. Maybe unintentionally, but we've sinned because in our arrogance, in our self-confidence, we've left God out of our plans, many times just left God out of our lives. And James is saying that your continual mindset and your conversation should not be we will, we will, we will, we will, but it should be if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills. Because it's not about me getting what I want. It's about Him fulfilling His purpose. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. 
We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.